Amen. Um, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I look good. Tell me I look good. <laughs> if your neighbor is not telling you that you look good, turn to another one. Yeah? Please. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So if you are not smiling to me, the Lord smiles to me. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have not come here to see man. Neither have we come here to hear the words of man. Your word decrees that the words that you speak, they are spirit and they are life. I pray in the name of Jesus that we all here will eat to our satisfaction the life that is found in you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That no one here will live unsatisfied because we are here for you and for you alone. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you shall be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. By the special grace of God, uh, the word that was handed over uh, to be shared today is walking in the will of God. Walking in the will of God. You know, over the past two weeks, you know, we've learned what the will of God is. Understanding what the will of God is. Today, we're going to learn how to walk in the will of God. Now, if I were to ask or if you were to be told, what is a will. What is a will? The first thing that comes to your mind, a simple definition, is intent. In other words, if I will to do something, I intend to do that thing. I intend to bring it to pass. So will could be summarized into that single word, intent. Intent. You could also think of will as being the advanced form of desire. Because a desire is something that you have, a craving you have in your heart. But the, a will is ensuring that that desire comes to life. It's the energy to bring that desire to life. Now, if you want to go to those who are lawyers, they will tell you that a will is... The testament of someone who has died that he wants to enforce after he passes. In other words, for example, my father, because he has passed, I'm using my father. I wanted to say someone, but my father passed. He had a will that enforced what he desired as his legacy on earth. After he had gone, that was his will, enforcing a legacy after you pass. Uh, little wonder, you know, the scriptures, another word that defines the will is testament, right? So when we hold our Bibles, we're actually looking at a book of testaments, a book of the will of God. A book of testaments, a will of God. But then it splits into two, the old and the new. The beautiful thing is that while you are reading the old will, 
It doesn't tell you it is old. It tells you that is the will of God. But it is when you read the new, you realize that the old is old. In fact, it is when you read the new, you realize that there is something called an old will. It is when you read the new, you find out that God's agenda for a specific period is not necessarily the same agenda for the new period. Two testaments and two wills. Two testaments, two wills, two desires, split and divided. Before even speaking about the will of God and the testament of God, you realize that the will of God is actually summarized in a person. When you read the old will, it always spoke about someone who was to come, who would establish something that would be eternal. To be eternal. Then when that person came, he established that will that was meant to be eternal. So we can even say that Jesus himself is the manifest will of God. In other words, if you want to know the desires, the intent of God, you study the person of Jesus. He is the will of God. He. Amen. Jesus is the manifest will of God. He is the revelation of that which God desires. He is the one that when we look upon, we see the true desires and the true intents of God. John chapter 5 verse 19 says this. John chapter 5 verse 19. John 5 verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father doing. In other words, when God desires a thing, he showed it to Jesus and Jesus replicated that which he did. What he saw the father doing was what he ensured was enforced, was what he ensured that he did. Colossians 1 verse 15. Colossians 1 verse 15. says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The image of that which can't be seen. So if you want to see the face of God, you see Jesus. If you want to see the will of God, you see Jesus. If you want to know the person of God, know Jesus. That's why even the book of Hebrews says this. We see Jesus. We see him. We see him. Turn to your neighbor and say, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. John 14, 8. Philip said to the father, he said, he said Jesus, please show us the father. We know you are going. 
Now, this was Jesus saying he was going back to his father. So, he says, show us the father. Philip, uh, uh, John 14, 8. Show us the father. And that is enough for us. Please, verse 9. It says, Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time? Without you, your knowing me, Philip, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. You want to see the Father? See Jesus. Now we are going somewhere. Remember we spoke about an old and a new testament. An old and a new testament. An old and a new testament. You understand this, that the letter, the new testament, voids the old. It renders the old null and void. To understand the scripture, it has to be divided. And when you study the old, recognize that it must not cross over to the new. Let's open to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. You see, the thing that I've found out that we as believers struggle with is that we consistently mix and match. Hebrews chapter, five verse six, uh, chapter 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house as a testimony to what would be said in the future. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household, whose household we are, if we hold on to the courage and the confidence of our hope. You see what the scripture is telling you? Moses, the one who was the mediator that brought forth the old covenant, he was a servant. But Christ, the one who brought forth the New Testament, the one who initiated it, completed it, the one who mediated it, he said he was the son. What you find out in this day and age is that Christians, people who are believers, benefactors of the new covenant, keep romancing that which a servant brought. The master of the house mediated, brought forth a new testament that will bring us face to face with the father. But what's happening? We keep trying to go to the old. That's what we do. How do you know? How do I know that? You see, we see it in our, in our conversations. We see it in our conversations. We see it. We see it in the doubts. We see it in the things that we do, in the accusations that we bring on other people. We see it how we look down on others and how we, we get puffed up when we think we have arrived with spirituality. We see it because we think by the old that there are levels. Say it, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. My eyes are on Jesus. I see Jesus. And in Jesus, I see the Father. So one testament was established by a servant, the other by the master of the house. One testament was a testament of death. The other was a testament of life. Romans 6 verse 23. Romans 6 verse 23. You know, the Old Testament in the book of Romans, he calls it the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. Why? Because the Old Testament only had the power to reveal your inadequacies. It measured your inadequacies. 
Before we go there, can we read Matthew chapter 17, verse 4? Matthew 17, verse 4. Matthew 17, verse 4. Now, Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration. On the mountain of transfiguration. And then something happens. His garment gets transfigured. His garment begins to shine with the white light. A revelation of who he truly was came. But then what happens? Two people show up. Moses and Elijah. Then look at, you know, Peter. Then the only one, the only one, the only disciple that had the power to say, Jesus, ah, keep quiet, you know. You say, Lord, keep quiet. <laughs> it's like saying to my own boss, my manager, keep quiet. <laughs> Lord, keep quiet. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will make three tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Please, can you go to uh, verse 5? God bless you. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son. I take the light in him. Listen to him. Not to Elijah. Not to Moses. Not to the law giver. Not to the law restorer. But to Jesus. Forget Moses. Forget Elijah. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Why? Remember, I was given a contrast between the old and the new. And I started with one was established by a servant, the other by the master of the house. One was a testament of death. The other was a testament of life. Please, you can go read Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. Free gift of God is eternal life. Then one veiled the father. One veiled the father. The father was never known in the Old Testament. Even the people that tried to reveal him did not know him in his fullness. Think of Moses. He says, Lord, show me your glory. He said, you want to see the glory, you will see it, but you won't see my face. He was the mediator. Then what happens? After he has his experience, he goes before the Israelites. He was the mediator of the new covenant, but he had to veil his face. Second veiling, to show you that the testament he was given would never reveal the face of God. Then the last veiling, they built the tabernacle, the house of God. And then they veiled the most holy place. No one is going to see the one who was called the most holy. Third veiling. It veiled the father. It did not reveal. That's why you, you most often hear this statement. That the Old Testament is the, is, is, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. In other words... The, the, the Old Testament conceals it's it, 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 I'm looking for it blinds people to the depths of the revelation of the Father. But the new reveals. 
It reveals the eternal plan of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Immediately, the one who was the testator of the New Testament died. There was a dividing of the veil. So that the person of Jesus would be seen. The will of the Father is that we all will know him. But we can only know him through the person of Jesus. We will never see the face of God if we hold on to Moses. If we hold on to Moses. Now, why am I hammering Moses? Why am I hammering the old? And why am I hammering the new? Remember, the title of this message is Walking in the Will of God. We will never effectively walk in the will of God if we are double-minded. If we are thinking that we can move in both wills, it is impossible. The new renders the old obsolete. Renders the old obsolete. Moses could not reveal that which he could not see. He could not reveal the father that he did not see. But the thing with wills is that there has to be specific requirements that would make you, that would make the will applicable to you. Amen? Do we under, I hope I'm not speaking. Do, you under, do we understand what I'm saying? Is it making sense? Because it has to make sense. If not, <laughs> I should just go and sit down. For you to, for example, I, I give an example of my father. In the will he made, he, I said it was his desire for his lasting legacy. A specific requirement would have been that at least for me to receive anything, I must have been his son. Right? So that's a requirement. So for you to be able to access the benefits of a will, there are specific requirements. Amen. Specific requirements. And now, that requirement is the righteousness question. Turn to your neighbor and say righteousness. Every time we talk about an, a, a will or a testament, or any time you talk about the will of God, the real question that needs to be answered and simplified is the righteousness question. Turn to your neighbor and say righteousness. When you, in fact, we, we covered this in, in, in our Bible study today. When you think about righteousness, what first comes to your mind? Have I sinned? Am I in right standing with God? But recall, we had said there are two separate wills. So now that we are in Christ, how do we define sin? Do we use the same measuring rod? In fact, why is it that our mindset is always sin, sin, sin? You see, the Bible says that whoever you offer yourself, your members to, obey, becomes your master. 
If the law is what you offer your members to obey, the law becomes your master. And since it's a law of sin and death, I mean, the mathematicians here would, if A is equal to B and B is equal to C, then by means of implication, association, <laughs> now, the, I'm th- I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> So we have to be very careful. And we have to realize this. Now, when Jesus walked around on the face of the earth, and people came to meet him, Master, my son is is ill. What's the first thing he asks for? What's the first thing he asks for? Do you believe that I can do this? He never asks this was, the dispensation they were in was the dispensation of the Lord, but he was showing them something. He never said, have you kept the Sabbath day holy? Have you? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. But you know that we do that. Someone comes and says they have an issue. Say, ah, what did you do? We don't say, do you believe Jesus can do this? I'm going somewhere. Righteousness has to be defined. Righteousness in the Old Testament is defined by this, ensuring that you obey the law. And in fact, it's called righteousness attained by the law. The righteousness by the law. However, for us, as is a righteousness by faith. So you see uh, um, um, Paul repeating, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. What we need to walk in the will of God is to ensure that we have firmly understood the faith question. And what is faith? What is faith? What is faith? You see, righteousness has always been intended to be by faith. Always. It's not a new definition. It's always the ways of God. You see, God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says, Abraham believed God, and it was what? Accounted to him as righteousness. That is why we are children of Abraham. Because we are children of faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, to walk in the will of the Lord is to walk in faith. To walk in the will of God is to walk with faith. See, faith pleases God. And it is the will of God. 
Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Now, without faith, can we all read it together? Now, without faith, it is for without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith answers the righteousness question. Amen. Faith answers the righteousness question. Now, the thing about faith is the opposite of faith, which is unbelief, is what God considers to be evil. Now, let's read Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Now, this, now he, now, yeah, we can start with this. The writer was here talking about what God, what made God upset. And so he says, so I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. Verse 12. Watch out, brothers, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that departs from the living God. It is an unbelieving heart that pushes you far away from God. Remember, when the 12 witnesses went to spy out the land and they came back, 10 came back with an evil report. The Bible says that report, that unbelieving report that they brought was an evil report. Evil, evil report. Because it brings and inspires doubt concerning the work of God, the intent of God. So to God, all unbelief is evil and repulsive. The only requirement to receiving from God is faith. It's faith. For believers to believe, for believers to be called believers, they must believe. Once a believer stops believing, they have left their realm. You see something? You, as a Christian, that word Christian was given to us by unbelievers. We were called believers right from the start. Believers and the people that walked in the way. So for you to be called a believer is because you received Christ. You believe in the finished work of Christ. Now, once you stop believing, you have left the realm of where you belong. The foundation of what you are. You have departed from it. You have departed from it. So for believers to be called believers, they must keep doing what? Believing. So to walk in the will of God is to consistently believe the nature of God as found in the person of Christ. To consistently believe the nature of God as found in the word of God. Consistently believe. And what is that nature? A nature of good. 
A nature that he, as a person, is eternally compassionate. He went around doing good. Not one person did he curse. Not one person did he say fall down and die. Not one person. You see, when we start doing things like that, we are not representing the nature of our God. Even when the disciples were about to enter a town, when they were rejected, and James and John said, let us call fire down to destroy them, Jesus rebuked them and said, you do not know the spirit of that which you are. We do not kill people. This is a life of good, a life of light. We believe in that nature. We believe in the nature of God. As he represented the Father. Whoever wants to see my father has seen me. Whatever I do, that is what the father does. Whatever the father does, that is what I have gone around doing. The Bible said, he went around doing good and healing those that were oppressed of the devil. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He is the representation of the father, not Elijah. Not Moses. Not Elijah. Not Moses. So when people judge you because of things you have done, or when condemnation hits you, recognize because you believe in him that his life will continually energize you to do the right thing. For it is as many as are led by the Spirit, not by the law, led by the Spirit. Those are called the sons of the living God. Shout it if you believe it. I am a son of the living God. I am led by light. I am led by life. And he will always lead me to do good. Confess it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart. And it shall be established in your lives. Anyone whom you encounter will encounter the face of Jesus because even as the Father sent him, so did he send us to be the revelation of Jesus who in turn reveals the Father. Don't your neighbor, I reveal the Son. I reveal the Son. I reveal the Son. And he, through me, reveals the nature of the Father. You are in the faith. You are in the faith. And don't let anyone tell you that you need a big, faith, a big faith, small faith. Being in Christ is being in the faith. Now, it is what you know that would, it is what you know that would give expression to the, to the extent at which your faith goes. So we have to grow in the grace, the knowledge of God. And that faith that is within will find expression. Remember, we must walk in faith and fight against doubt. Doubters, doubters. Now, the thing is, when I say walk in faith, the first thing is, how can we walk in the supreme faith of God and find expression in every event of life? Just give me five more minutes. I'm almost done. The thing is, you have to fight doubt. Now, what is it about doubt? See, in James chapter 1 verse 8, it talks about a double-minded man. A double-minded man being unstable in all his ways. 
Now, if you hold on, as I said, if you hold on to Moses and say you want to hold on to, it just won't work. Remember Jesus, while he was talking, he said that, that you cannot mix the old with the new. You cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. Why? Because it would expand and burst. He said you cannot sew old clothes with new, new clothes. Why? Because it would expand and tear. If you want to mix the old with the new. Oh, God bless me, Lord. Thank you. It will cause harm. Because you are adulterating the will of God. Doubt is evil in God's eyes. It implies that God is not true to his word. It implies that God does not love. Because faith only works through love. And if you doubt, it means that you are, re you are rejecting the love of God. You don't believe the love of God. It means you don't believe the love of God. Because it is not that faith works through your love. No. Faith works with your understanding of the love of God that he loves those whom they are praying for. And he loves you to the point that he will ensure that he carries out that which he, is, he desires to establish for you. So you are confident, not in your love for him, but in his love for you and in the love of other, for, for other people. That is faith. Resist doubt. Don't let any liar come to you and accuse you. And also, please, I pray in the name of Jesus, as I also pray for myself, I pray that we all will not be instruments of accusation. When the Lord showed me this, in all honesty, that's that exact week I had accused In fact, the following day when I thought I had learned, my wife came and said, because I, I responded to her in a way, she said, Olari, why are you accusing me? She used that word. It, it just hit me. You see, we need to be very careful that we do not live this new life wearing an old garment. Neither do we approach the Father thinking that we are all good because of what we did or did not do. It must always be in our belief in Christ and in his finished work. I say it again. It must always be in our belief in Christ and his finished work. Everything, whether it be in service to God, whether it be in our relationships, private relationships, house relationships, friend, friendly relationships, it must always be in our belief in Christ and in his finished work. Ministry, our belief in Christ and in his finished work. Everything, our belief in Christ and in his finished work. If there is one thing that you take away from this message, recognize this. I'll use this to explain, and because I know that this will go home well. Don't marry a servant. Marry the son. Don't marry the servant. Don't have a relationship with the servant. 
when you are married to the son. We are the bride of Christ. He paid our bride price. He has paid our bride price. He has paid your bride price. Don't romance the old when you have been gifted with the new. Don't stay with death. Don't stay with the accuser of the brethren. Stay with the one that gives life. When they accuse the woman, woman, where are your accusers? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. The major thing that causes doubt is our judgment of ourselves and others through the law that has been abolished. So we judge. We destroy the faith of others. And we also destroy our faith. When he has said, all who are will, come. He died for us all. He has paid the price for us all. And all he wants is for us to rejoice in him in the fullness of faith. Remember, faith is understanding the love God has for you and his desire to bring to completion that which he has started. May we all rise up on our feet. The desire of our Father is that we walk in the will of God. The desire of our Father is that we walk in the will of God. It's not about what any individual minister thinks. It's about what God has already wrought in you. What he has already desired of you. That is the most important thing. He has paid it all and he has given it all. Ours is to receive and to rejoice in his completed work. Father, we are here for you. Lord, we are here for you. Oh